You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. On August 23, 1912, the Dunbar family's day trip to Louisiana's Swayze Lake took a tragic turn when their four-year-old son, Bobby, suddenly vanished without a trace. A desperate search for the missing boy turned up nothing but heartbreak, until the boy was apparently found in the company of a traveling handyman in Mississippi eight months later. However, rather than marking a happy ending to a harrowing story, Bobby Dunbar's rescue was actually the beginning of an even more disturbing mystery. The handyman denied that he kidnapped the boy, and a woman named Julia Anderson soon came forward claiming that the child was actually her son, Bruce. Following a sensational trial that captivated the nation, the court decided that the boy was Bobby, and that he would be raised by the Dunbars. But everything changed in 2004, when a DNA test revealed the shocking truth. You're listening to History Uncovered, brought to you by the digital publisher All That's Interesting, where we explore the uncharted corners of the natural world and the world past. I'm All That's Interesting staff writer Kalina Fraga. Today, we're exploring the chilling disappearance and recovery of Bobby Dunbar, and the mystery of his true identity that endured for almost 100 years. summer day in 1912, the Dunbar family of Louisiana decided to take their four children to Swayze Lake. But at some point during the trip, their eldest son, four-year-old Bobby, wandered off and disappeared. Despite a search of the alligator-infested waters and the deep, dark forest that surrounded the lake, there was no sign of the missing boy. For eight months, the family's hopes flagged as they searched for Bobby, but he remained missing until April 13, 1913. It was then that a traveling handyman named William Cantwell Walters was arrested near Columbia, Mississippi. He was traveling with a young boy whose blonde hair and blue eyes made him look just like the missing Bobby Dunbar. However, Walters steadfastly denied that the boy was Bobby and that he kidnapped anyone at all. Instead, Walters claimed that the boy was his nephew, Bruce Anderson, and that he'd been traveling with the permission of Bruce's mother, Julia, for over a year. Before long, Julia herself stepped forward, further confusing matters by claiming that she had indeed given Walter permission to travel with Bruce, but only for a couple of days. Meanwhile, the boy believed to be Bobby Dunbar was taken from Walters and Anderson and given to the Dunbar family. But things only grew more puzzling and disturbing from there. everyone, you may recognize me as Gabby from the History of Everything podcast. And my name is Brenna, and you don't recognize me from anything yet. 
Together, we're two scientists who explore all of the weird little questions and conspiracies of the universe in our new podcast, Mystery of Everything. Everything has an explanation. We hope. But that is what we're here to figure out. We will dive into the science behind many popular conspiracy theories, such as vaccines causing autism, flat earth theory, and was the moon landing fake? And if so, why the heck would anyone even do that? But it's not just conspiracies. There's a lot of cool mysteries that we will attempt to use science to explain, such as near-death experiences, what made the Vikings go berserk, and can I control my co-host with MK Ultra? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, make sure to check out the Mischief Everything podcast everywhere where you find your podcasts. After the boy found with Walters was given to the Dunbar family following a hotly debated trial, newspaper accounts began offering two dueling perspectives about this happy family reunion. In one account, it was reported that the little boy woke up following his rescue to find Leslie Dunbar, Bobby's mother, standing over him. He then apparently reached up for her and cried, Mother! But in another newspaper account, Leslie Dunbar was said to be much less sure that the boy was her son. After taking a look at him, she apparently said, quote, I do not know. I am not quite sure, unquote. What's more, reports gave differing accounts of how Bobby reacted to his brother. One newspaper claimed that Bobby recognized his younger brother, Alonzo, and even gave him a kiss. But another wrote that Bobby appeared to have no idea who Alonzo was and even seemed hostile toward him. Both of Bobby's parents expressed their doubts about the boy's identity to local newspapers. They thought that the little boy's eyes were too small to be Bobby's. But Leslie also told newspapers that she'd given the little boy a bath and was convinced that he was her son based on his moles and scars. Meanwhile, William Walters and Julia Anderson continued to insist that the little boy was not the missing Bobby Dunbar at all, but instead Bruce Anderson. Walters was not a kidnapper, they said. The Dunbars were. In an affidavit, Julia Anderson claimed, quote, William C. Walters left Barnesville, North Carolina with my son, Charles Bruce, in February of 1912, saying that he only wanted to take the child with him for a few days on a visit to the home of his sister. I have not seen the child from that day to this. I did not give him the child. I merely consented for him to take my son for a few days, unquote. Walters, too, continued to insist upon his innocence. In a letter to Bobby Dunbar's father, Percy, he wrote, quote, I see that you got Bruce, but you've heaped up trouble for yourselves. I had no chance to prove up, but I know by now you have decided you are wrong. It is very likely I will lose my life on account of that. And if I do, the great God will hold you accountable. That boy's mother is Julia Anderson. You ask him, and he will tell you. I did not teach him to beg or bum. But inasmuch as you have him, take good care of him. So you have a lost Robert and me a lost Bruce. May God bless my darling boy. Write me if I don't get lynched. I think you will be sad a long time, but I hope not too bad." Unquote. While sitting in jail, Walters also wrote that he must, quote, suffer now for an imaginary sin or crime that has never been committed, unquote. In 1914, he was found guilty of kidnapping Bobby Dunbar, though his verdict was later overturned on appeal. Julia Anderson eventually went home, having faced accusations of being a loose woman in the press because she'd had three children with two different men. And the boy that the court decided was Bobby Dunbar remained with the Dunbar family. As an adult, he insisted that he was Bobby and not Bruce, noting in 1924 that, quote, a lot of people still believe I was eaten by an alligator. 
I can assure you I was not, unquote. But the story of Bobby Dunbar didn't end there. In 2004, almost a century after the little boy had first disappeared from Swayze Lake, a DNA test rocked the descendants of the Dunbar family to its very core. Bobby Dunbar's granddaughter, Margaret, started asking questions about her grandfather's disappearance and alleged rescue. She visited libraries and archives and even reached out to Julia Anderson's surviving children. They told her that Julia had never forgotten her son, Bruce. They'd grown up knowing that they'd had a brother who'd been taken away. Meanwhile, Margaret also found out that the Dunbar family had fractured in the years following Bobby's reemergence. Lessie and Percy divorced and Percy was arrested on a number of charges including adultery and assault. Margaret suspected that they may have known on some level that Bobby Dunbar was not Bobby Dunbar. Her father, Bobby Dunbar Jr., was Bobby's eldest son, and Bobby Jr. thought a DNA test could resolve the mystery once and for all. In a letter to his siblings, he wrote, quote, Daddy did not have the science of DNA to confirm the decision of the court in his youth, I feel it is my responsibility to achieve that before I go." Unquote. Bobby Jr. took the DNA test and discovered he was not a Dunbar. His DNA was not a match to the rest of the Dunbar family, meaning the little boy found traveling with William Walters in 1913 was not Bobby Dunbar and was surely Bruce Anderson after all. Bobby Jr. said, quote, It took my breath away. My thought was to prove that daddy was Bobby Dunbar. All right, if my past is wrong, Bobby Dunbar, all the legends, all the stories, and then all of a sudden you find out, well, that's not who your blood says you are. Where does that leave me? If my grandpa isn't my grandpa, who am I? Unquote. Though Julia Anderson's descendants were thrilled, Bobby Jr.'s siblings were left shell-shocked. Their grandparents, Lessie and Percy, had in fact taken a boy that wasn't theirs. Margaret said, quote, it's like my grandfather became two people. He was really Bruce Anderson. That's who he was born. That's where his blood came from, but he lived Bobby Dunbar's life." Unquote. Without the DNA test, the world may have never known. Bobby Dunbar's true identity may have remained a secret forever. But in the end, one question not only still remains, but will likely never be answered. What happened to the real Bobby Dunbar on that fateful day in 1912? Margaret Dunbar, for one, believes that the poor little boy met a tragic end. She thinks that he wandered away from his family's camp at Swayze Lake and fell into the water. Maybe, she said, he got eaten by the alligators that lived in the swamp. However, in the end, the truth about Bobby Dunbar's fate will surely remain forever hidden beneath the dark, murky waters of Swayze Lake. Thanks for listening to History Uncovered. I'm History Uncovered's producer, Kit Westneat. If you like the show, help others find us by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And be sure to follow the All That's Interesting and History Revealed pages on Facebook and Real History Uncovered on Instagram. Make sure you don't miss out on the new episodes and subscribe to the History Uncovered podcast. And keep up with our latest stories at allthatsinteresting.com. If you have a question about the show or just want to say hi, feel free to call us at 929-526-3029 or email us at podcast at allthatsinteresting.com. 
This podcast is part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. Visit airwavemedia.com to listen and subscribe to their other fine shows like Legends of the Old West and Redacted History. Until next time, keep exploring. My name is Greg Jackson. I'm a historian, professor, and the creator of History That Doesn't Suck, a podcast that provides a complete overview of U.S. history through storytelling, yet keeps the rigor you'd expect in a university class. Starting with 22-year-old George Washington in his first battle, join me for a chronological telling of the United States' story, its unlikely revolution, fractious civil war, tenacious inventors, brave reformers, and more. With more than 100 episodes, you can already binge listen your way through the progressive era. Find History That Doesn't Suck wherever you get your podcasts.